Ah, greetings, B-movie aficionados. Hello, welcome to A Couple of Flicks. I'm Tristan. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. All right. So before we talk about this this week's episodes, uh, I guess my first question is: Have had, did either of you see the bat the Batman? Yeah. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Me me too. So nice. All right. So should we discuss that like real quick or? Yeah. You guys, I don't know. What do you? Want? I guess. All right. All right. So I, I guess before we talk spoilers, what were your overall thoughts on it? really good yeah i liked it a lot yeah yeah i saw it just today so my thoughts are still quite fresh so uh, really? okay yeah, yeah i saw it last sunday or something last yeah. week yeah yeah me cool. too. yeah i thought it was a pretty solid batman movie i liked it a lot you know it was it was good it didn't it, i mean it was um i think toward the end it started to feel a little bit long yeah but yeah that's kind of how i, was I feel felt in the about, length yeah <laughs> yeah but that's kind of how i felt about like the dark knight as well so i guess that's that makes sense um but yeah i you know i thought it's actually for a three hour long runtime it, it sustained its momentum pretty well um it didn't have a whole lot of dialogue in it which i thought was cool like it kind of relied more on just like what was going on visually kind of made it feel like a movie from like the 40s or the 50s you know which is cool i said it was like Um, a like seven but set in dc universe yeah that was a good way to put it um Mm -hmm. the action scenes were they were minimal but they were well done like they did a lot with them the batmobile didn't look too stupid yeah i like the (laughs) batmobile this this go around yeah more realistic yeah 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 that was good the bat suit looked pretty good too um did you guys like robert pattinson overall yeah 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 he was good that version of bruce wayne was a little down but yeah because he didn't like being bruce wayne yeah i like the the playboy version of bruce wayne yeah there's another take on it i'm sure yeah it was good yeah I think Michael Keaton will always still be my favorite. Yeah. Michael, he's supposed to be back as Batman in the Flash movie. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> That'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Got pushed back like another year, though. Goodness gracious. Yeah, we'll see. But, but yeah, overall, I liked it. You know, the Batman. Yeah. Needed more Paul Dano, though. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, it was cool to still see him. Like, and he was actually pretty creepy. I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't R. Felt like an R movie, but I guess it was just PG-13. Yeah, should have went a little more brutal with it, I guess. Yeah, it was a pretty severe PG-13. I thought, like, it, and when when a film like this is as severe as it as it is, you almost just kind of would rather it would just go all the go all the way and just get mm-hmm. yeah, just because like it, it's just so 
I, I mean, so many people die in this movie. There's like people who literally get assassinated, it, it, and it's you know pretty pretty twisted when you yeah. think about like everything that kind of happens in the last act. I thought I was um, gonna smash that dude's face in at the end, but it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it came close. It came pretty close, but you know, because Batman just like injected himself with whatever the hell. I don't know. Right, like what bull, the fuck bull, that was? <laughs> the bull stimulant, 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 or something, or I don't know. At first, I thought it that it was just morphine or something, but then he started beating the shit out of the guy. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, He's thought it was like adrenaline face. or something. I don't know. Yeah, some of that shit they gave Bane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it was, it was a solid Batman movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the detective shit. It was more detective yeah. than other ones. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The Dark Knight will probably always sort of... I mean, my favorite Batman movie is Mask of the Phantasm, so really, like, I, I, I shouldn't even comment on the live-action movie. So. Is that an animated one? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's the only animated one that had any kind of theatrical release. Mm. And... It's actually worth watching. It, it It's the first Batman movie I ever saw. It's the one that kind of introduced me to the overall structure and concept. And it does a good job of doing it. Like, And it's about the Joker and Mark Hamill does the Joker, you know, which we all love. Like, it, it's good. Um, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's actually, it's it's available. It's very available now. It used to not be easy to find, but now now it's actually pretty easy to find. Um, and people love it. It's it's worth the love. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the animated ones are really good. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. The ones I've seen, I haven't seen all of them, but I like I like the ones that I've seen. Yeah. What was the name of that one? Oh, the one. Oh, Mask of the Phantasm. Okay, I'll try and remember that. Yeah, it's good. Better introduction of Batman than Batman and Robin. <laughs> that was probably yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. That would have been interesting. <laughs> mine was the one before that, I think, with uh, Jim, Jim Carrey Gray. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Batman Forever. That might have been it. Either way, those two are kind of the ones people shit on. <laughs> yeah, giant toy commercials. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still love them now. Yeah, well, they're fun. I mean, personally, I actually they are. I do still kind of think they're fun, even though they are really dorky. You know. Yeah. Um, the quality of them isn't the greatest. You know. I mean, I just the first line of Batman and Robin. You can tell it's going to be a bad movie. Like where, like the car comes out, and Robin is like. <laughs> Why don't I get a car? Chicks dig the car. <laughs> and Batman is like, oh, this is why Superman works alone. And then, like, at that point, you can just feel the audience just collectively eye roll. Like, oh, this is going to be a long movie. But yeah. I still think it's fun, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very different from today's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then, you know, Christopher Nolan did his thing, and then, you know, Zach 
Snyder took a couple cracks at it, and those went the, the, in those directions. Yeah, we don't need to go on about that stuff. Or the Lego, <laughs> the Lego movie that came out at some point. Like there was, there was that. I mean, anyway, enough about Batman. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else you guys want to talk about, or should we jump right in? Yeah, I didn't see too much else. I saw drive my car. Oh shit! I gotta see that. Still, did you like it? Was it was it good? It was good. Uh, it was a little long for what it is, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm. It's on HBO Max now, right? Yeah. That sounds like how I feel about the new Batman movie. <laughs> it was a little long, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, cool. Yeah, I want to see that one. Drive my car. So the runtime is definitely daunting, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It takes forty minutes until the title shows up. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. That's quite the pre. I think that might. I think. I think the the one for love exposure took like a little over an hour. I want to say, oh wow, into the movie to, to come up from what I remember. <laughs> Just got that one. I have to watch it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sean Sono one, right? Yeah. However yeah, you say his name. The the only problem with it is it's like four hours, but you know, I didn't mind the runtime that much, so. Um, I saw I finished the Ozark half season that they put out. It was good. But waiting on the next. Yeah, that one should have been a full season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's annoying how they do that now. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw the Tinder Swindler on Netflix. Oh, nice! Some stupid doc. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't all that interesting. For I heard it was good, but eh. Just some guy ripping off girls on Tinder. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not all. I mean, yeah, they can't all be winners. Netflix yeah. is definitely guilty of having some bad documentaries. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're very formulaic with their documentaries now. Yeah. I've seen it was in the top 10 for a while. Eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of the stuff in their top 10 is like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. And it kept on making like it kept on getting talked about in the news, like people relate that were in the Tinder Tinder swindler documentary. Like they had scandals or something. I don't even know. And I'm like, okay, well, good thing I didn't watch that. Like, (laughs) yeah, it was not bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I saw Licorice. Oh, you did. Yeah. Nice. I enjoy I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um I felt like it didn't really have a plot. But mm-hmm. you know, but after a while like I didn't mind it. But it it like it was just kind of unusual cuz like both the characters were really interesting and you know, they both had like their it's their own like pretty bad issues <laughs> um just personality-wise. Uh and it, but it was interesting, like the way that got introduced and stuff. 
and then like it then it just kind of showed like it started just kind of going in all these other different directions of like showing him getting a job and like her kind of hanging out with their friends and all that stuff and and it kind of cut back and forth a lot and and then it just was like it was like it felt so scattered and and it was all it just sort of felt like a more of like a memory of like a relate like an old relationship rather than like a like a relationship that's actually like blossoming in real time like it which was unusual i've never i i don't see a lot of movies like that you know so so it took some getting used to um but i love the acting and i i i enjoyed the characters very much so mm-hmm. i like the soundtrack a lot um, oh yeah soundtrack was great <clears throat> yeah um i'd probably watch it again i don't think i'd call it one of my favorite paul thomas anderson movies though like i um i still think punch drunk love really um hit a lot harder oh, yeah, romantically sure. yeah and just also uh, like humanly as well and just with the characters as well and the bradley cooper stuff in the in licorice pizza was like it, it was interesting but i thought that it was gonna actually amount to more than it did like, mm-hmm. like i thought it was gonna i mean i don't want to spoil it but like it i don't know i i thought like based on like what people were saying about it i thought it was going to be like a bigger part of the plot and so then I, so when it started happening, I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And, and then it was, then it got like really strange and interesting and then went somewhere else. And yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. what in the world? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, I enjoyed it. I, I would, I would, I would definitely watch it again. So. Oh yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. Gotta see it. Yeah. It's definitely worth. Well, I could see it like um, clicking with other people better than it did with me. Like I couldn't really relate to either of these the characters. Like I thought they were both kind of screwed up, but I still cared about them, you know. And you know, I was more curious about their relationship, but I wasn't really invested in it. But I could imagine like maybe some people who knew people like that growing up would like could see like something of themselves and some of those character decisions or something you know i think that's probably why it was made like it felt like a much more personal type of movie for anderson so Hmm. yeah i liked it a lot yeah yeah it's it'd probably grow on there's like definitely some of the songs i like are still kind of echoing in my head so um Anyway, I watched a bunch of other stuff too, but I don't want to go on about that stuff. Um, so, uh, okay, let's begin. Um, so this, so you're, the first film that we we're going to talk about on this episode is your choice, Zach. Yeah, I chose Dead Heat from 1988, which all of our movies are 80s, if you couldn't tell by the, the artwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'm gonna read Wikipedia. Okay, cool. Had you heard of this movie before you'd seen it, or uh, kind of like when we first started the podcast, it showed up on lists that uh, I was looking up, and then Vinegar Syndrome just recently put it out. Yeah. So, so oh, okay, cool. I had it. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. It's a. I I. I don't think I'd ever seen this one. Um, I think I'd seen like a poster of it, maybe the cover. Yeah. But 
Yeah. It looks vaguely familiar, but it also looks like a generic buddy cop poster. So mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> it kind of tricks you. Yeah. Uh, detectives Roger Mortis. Pun there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very yeah, clever. I, yeah. Very clever. And Doug Bigelow, played mm-hmm. by Joe Piscopo. Who is an absolute joy in this movie? I, mean, <laughs> I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, I his facial expressions were cracking me up the whole movie. Like, they, <laughs> I loved it. Like, yeah, yeah. And the other guy's Treat Williams. I don't know if you guys have seen the Substitute. Yeah, movies. That's what I know him from. <laughs> I've I've actually contemplated choosing that movie on this on this show before. Yeah, um, actually, yeah. I think the first movie I saw him in was Deep Rising, the or whatever that movie was. About the one about like the luxury cruiser that gets taken over by terrorists and the terrorists have to fight a giant sea monster. <laughs> I've heard that name, I've seen the poster, but I didn't know what, what it was about. Oh it's fucked up. It's great. Sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh they're called to the scene of a re- rather violent jewelry store robbery uh, the robbers take on a squadron of police in a messy shootout but neither seem affected when they are riddled with bullets thanks to the combined albeit extreme measures of mortis and bigelow they're able to take out the criminals their acts narrow, narrowly avoiding termination that was mm-hmm. a great scene <laughs> yeah street william driving up and down the street blasting him with a shotgun <laughs> and then eventually just slamming into him yeah yeah i love yeah. i love that the guy the other one got a grenade from what's his face <laughs> the other dude piscopo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was funny. It, it, I mean, the film really didn't even waste any time. It cut right to the chase, literally. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, and it pretty much spelled out exactly what type of movie it was. It was a very, it's a very reckless type of movie where, you know, all the characters make very thoughtless decisions, but in the nick of time, they managed to make it work. You know, mm-hmm. um, they, these guys are lucky to be alive, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. After this opening scene, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they have like really good buddy cop chemistry. Yeah, yeah, good back and forth. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots like, of funny quips, like the suit and then the leather jacket. And <laughs> yeah, Joe Pisco is eating a hot dog, like flying down the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's great too because they're very clearly defined as like good cop, bad cop. Like Trent Williams is the good cop, and Joe Piscopo is, you know, the bad cop. You know, and so they're stereotypical good guy, bad guy type antihero cops, but they still provide enough of their own sort of chemistry and personality that it makes it really enjoyable to sort of see them. Sort of, yeah. Meanwhile, a coroner friend of Rogers, Rebecca, informs the detectives that the two bodies they had brought in had previously been into the morgue. Not only do they have autopsy scars, but she herself clearly remembers performing the autopsy and has pictures to prove it. 
suggesting they simply got up and left the morgue of their own volition. <laughs> yeah, so that should give you a clue as to what direction this movie's heading in. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, there's a preservative chemical compound found in the bodies that connects the pair of detectives to a company that had order, ordered a great amount of it recently. Uh, Mortis and Bigelow investigate and meet the company's head public relations person, Randy James, who gives them a tour of the facility, mm. which the facility is the Biodome and the video game <laughs> place from Quigley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, really? Yeah. It looked familiar. Okay, that makes sense. That's hysterical. How did you find that out? Like, Oh, I know that building. I love Biodome. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, shit, there's that building again. <laughs> That's awesome. Have you been there? No. Oh, it's, down okay. in, it's down near L.A. Okay. I'd visit and, it. Yeah. Oh, you visited it? I, I, I would. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and there's a doctor, too, in that morgue scene that's played by the dad from Christmas Story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was pumped to see that. That's the only other thing I've seen him in. Yeah, I think I was it pumped was to see him. him. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that guy looks really familiar. I just thought. Yeah. And, yeah. No, no way. I've never seen him in anything else. Nope. He had some of his mannerisms and shit, too, from the, <laughs> the Christmas Story. I think this came out before that, too, right? This is early 80s something. This was 88. Oh, so maybe just I don't remember where Christmas story came out. I think it was 80. It was an earlier. I think, oh, 83. I, 83. Yeah. Okay. So this was after, but this was after, still, yeah. you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when when Doug wanders off to investigate a suspicious room, he encounters the reanimated corpse of a biker on a strange med on a strange machine. And in the fray, Roger is knocked into a decompression room used to humanely kill failed test animals and is asphyxiated to death. Mm-hmm. Which is a messed up way to die. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny. He broke into that room with the monster. With a fucking visitor key card, he just because it was like a key card lock, he just shoved like his visitor key card in and it broke it. Yeah, <laughs> that biker looked awesome. Like half, yeah. it was like half its face, or like two faces together. Mm -hmm. Something it was pretty. Yeah, cool. they had a lot of good practical effects and makeup and shit in this movie. I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Wasn't oh. expecting that. Yeah. Uh, encountering the machine and realizing it is capable of bringing people back from the dead, Rebecca and Doug successfully bring Roger back from the dead. He says he feels fine, yet he has no heartbeat and his skin is cold to the touch. Uh, Rebecca surmises that he is about 12 hours before the reanimation process ends and he dissolves into a puddle of mush. <clears throat> Yeah, so it's a race against the clock. Um, mm. I thought they were going to be... I'll go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they're surprisingly casual. Yeah. 
yeah, I thought they were going to be more like, oh shit, we got to do something. But no, nope. yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. All right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this will happen. Okay. I'm dead anyway. Yeah. Basically, just gave up. <laughs> yeah. They didn't seem even the slightest bit concerned about the fact that they were going to be turned into puddles of mush. You know, um, it, it kind of reminded me of that Al Pacino movie. Um, what was it, 88 minutes or whatever it was called the one where he gets poisoned or whatever and he only has like 88 minutes to live or something like that and so mm-hmm. he has to find the guy that did it and like he doesn't really panic all that much he just kind of like looks around and like goes to people and it's just kind of unusual like the movie kind of reminded me of that a little bit like when like <laughs> <laughs> anyway Uh, Roger decides to take this time to find and exact his revenge on the person who killed him. Uh, they go to Randy's house just shortly before she is attacked by two more undead thugs, which the partners are able to subdue. Uh, Randy says that she is the daughter of a rich industrialist and the owner of the company she works for until his death, Arthur P. Loudermilk, played by Vincent Price. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was, it was cool seeing him in this movie. Yeah, yeah, this was right before Edward Scissorhands, so it's one, so. one of his last few roles. Yeah, I think Edward Scissorhands was nineteen ninety. So yeah, that sounds about right. Like it's definitely way late in his in his career, you know. But his voice is one of the most distinct. Like, yeah, it was it was really cool seeing him in this movie and sort of be like the kind of like the villain basically like, yeah i didn't expect it when i saw the title come up i'm like what what yeah that is, <laughs> yeah it's cool i don't ex- i don't associate him with too many like 80s movies for me at least neither, yeah neither do i <laughs> like i think i associate christopher christopher lee with more like of those types of movies than i do like vincent price you know? yeah Uh, The two of them pay another visit to Rebecca, who says that she might have found a way to keep Roger in healthy condition indefinitely, Uh, which, by the way, that goes nowhere. Yeah, that was Mm -hmm. just a dropped subplot. I thought they would have, you know, ended on something with that. Yeah. I was curious as to where it was going to go. It's like, oh, what? Wait a minute. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> nope. To stop the process of rotting, like what? How do you do that? Or the decay, or whatever? Yeah. Well. <laughs> of course, in the, my boyfriend's back, the the one doctor wanted to just cut him up into pieces and then experiment on his body and find <laughs> out what's keeping, what's making him still be alive. Like, so. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh... Christmas story guy didn't do more of that kind of stuff. But yeah. <laughs> guess he already had it all figured out as much as he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should play that kind of role though. Like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the unsure nature of the theory has him decide to spend his final hours finding the man who killed him. He and Randy pay a visit to Loudermilk's tomb, and Randy admits she's not his daughter, more a protege or a daughter he never had. Uh, yeah, so she like admits that, and then 
melts. So oh pretty, yeah, that's some pretty good uh, effects there too. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty gruesome. Yeah, she was dead the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And again, he didn't question how she looked good or anything like that. He didn't care about any of that. Yeah, <laughs> just got to find the guy who killed me. <laughs> pretty much. Which, by the way, the makeup effects in this movie were pretty cool, actually. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like you could you could sort of start to see the stiffness in in Trey Williams' face as he was, like, yeah, like going through the motion, like going through the process of you know rot and stuff. Yeah, at some point, skin starts falling off. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And all the zombie thugs they were shooting at and fighting were like, there was a lot of good makeup there too. Some of it looked pretty gnarly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, While there, they encounter a numeric code, which Roger discovers later is a vital clue. Uh, Upon returning to Randy's home, they find Doug dead. She was like, Oh, wait, right. it says it right here. Having been suspended and drowned in a fish tank for some time, which I didn't expect him didn't to be either. dead. I didn't either. That was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, that was messed up. <laughs> yeah. And then at this point, it's like where you kind of started to lose a little bit of interest because he was a good part of why I was enjoying everything. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to be over with by this point, yeah. Yeah. After they did that. <clears throat> I agree. That was sort of when the film hit a down point. Yeah. Uh, Randy tells Roger that she is, she too is undead. I thought I just said that, but okay. Uh, mm-hmm. having, having been one of Laudermilk's first test subjects for resurrection. So she was the one of the first ones. Why is she holding up better than anyone else because all the other ones look like straight up zombies yeah did they say why they knew something at least because the main old dude was also dead right and he was still going for a lot for like he said two weeks ago he died or something yeah Yeah. and he didn't have any zombie shit going on so and he was pleading at the end too when everything was going down i was like no i can make you live forever don't kill me yeah. So, so there was some way to do it, and they just weren't telling us. Uh, shortly before abruptly dissolving while asking for Roger's forgiveness, Roger confronts the head corner, Dr. Ernest McNabb, who was indicated by the secret numeric code that Roger oh, yeah. had found. Mm. Yeah, it was. So Vincent Price, was it him? He did the code. Or was that someone else? Like that. I forget who wrote the code. But it was like in this on the inside of like a lampshade or something like that. Something yeah. stupid. <laughs> Somehow they got a code at some point. I don't, I don't remember how. But yeah. It was some it was in the midst of Trent Williams' travels and trying to find the guy. Yeah. Yeah, but it, I thought it was Vincent Price who wrote the code, but then later on when it's revealed he's the villain, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, that makes sense, I guess. I don't know. Maybe trying to throw him off the lead, his scent, because he points it on the, the 
Christmas story dad. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Uh, but that, yeah. Uh, but he turns the tables on Roger, capturing him and locking him in an ambulance with Rebecca's dead body in order to wait out his last hour to disillusion. Uh, he releases the brakes on the ambulance, puts it in neutral, sending it careening down the highway into a massive collision. Which I didn't oh, expect right. it to go like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought maybe yeah. he hit a telephone pole or something but no it's <laughs> no. like massive pile up and explosions yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is wild uh, from which he emerges even more zombified and scarred almost beyond recognition he returns to the hospital where McNabb and a resume- resurrected louder milk are pitching the resurrection machine to a group of very rich clients oh yeah and he escapes in a body bag too I thought that was clever oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Mortis breaks in, and in the ensuing crossfire between him and McNabb's men, kill off most of the rich clients, leaving Laudermilk cowering in a corner. Like how he just blasted through everyone before even getting to that room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just started going off. Guns blazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, McNabb reveals a test subject. Doug resurrected from the machine, but he's been dead for hours. The brain deterioration leaves him little more than an obedient zombie with no memory of who Roger is for like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not even like, why did they even bother trying to stop, like do anything with that? If he was going to remember. Yeah. yeah. It didn't take it's much. <laughs> like he didn't even have to do that much. He had to like repeat his name or something. I don't even remember. But what yes. was that? He said something. I forget what it was. Yeah, something from the beginning. Yeah, the opening scene. Some dumb line from the yeah. Something about like panties or something. Yeah, was that it? That sounds familiar. It might have been. Like he talked to him about panties, and that's what brought him back. Or oh, the lipstick. It was the lipstick. Oh, the lipstick. Okay. Because when he started turning, (laughs) when he started turning pale, he put lipstick on. Uh, Oh yeah. Ah, that's it. God, I'm such a pervert. Like, <laughs> about they do at some point. They do. I know that's the thing. Like that, there was yeah. something in, about panties in this movie. Like, <laughs> they even put that scene on the slipcover for the blue. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, then, that, then I'm definitely not crazy. <laughs> like do. why? Why of all scenes you pick that to put up that's, your artwork? <laughs> that's so random. Like, is it like on the? It's not. It's not on the front, obviously. It's like, it's just like on the artwork somewhere. Or like, yeah, on the back. You can grab oh it if you God. want. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to. But, okay. um, but yeah, um, go on. Uh, before he can obey McNabb's order to kill Mortis, however, Roger manages to trigger Doug's short-term memory and bring him back to normal. Uh, the pair go after McNabb, who immediately kills himself before they can do anything. Roger and Doug put McNabb into the re- resurrection table and resurrect him, but Doug starts the resurrection process again and it overloads, causing a screaming McNabb to explode in the machine, which was yeah. an awesome little... <laughs> yeah. Just blood everywhere. Yeah, that was a nice gory effect. I like that. 
there's some good gore in this movie you know not a lot but it's some good gore so yeah if you ever wanted to see the dad from christmas story just explode this is the movie for you (laughs) oh yeah Uh, despite Loudermilk's pleas and promises of eternal life, the pair then destroy the machine completely, leaving the room pondering about the leaving the room pondering about the afterlife and re- reincarnation. <clears throat> Doug's fond wish of being reincarnated as a girl's bicycle seat intrigues <laughs> both of them. <laughs> Roger says, "Finally, this could be the end of a beautiful friendship." Cute. <laughs> Yeah, so it sort of ends on a solemn note, but everybody still got what they wanted, except the bad guys, you know. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in order to believe that they're gonna die in like a couple more hours, completely. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I guess what's gonna happen? Yeah, everyone's dead. Yeah, and we just kind of have to accept that, I guess. It's you interesting know. that we don't see it happen. It just the movie just ends yeah. really suddenly. <laughs> they could have put in like, oh, here's how you keep up with living. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They could have tried something. <laughs> I would have watched a sequel if they did that or something. Yeah. I think there was a sequel plan talked about, but oh, oh was I? Yeah. That's cool. Let's see, it was, yeah, writer Terry Black was approached by New World Pictures to write a sequel to Dead Heat. Black told New World executive the sequel would be hard because all the main characters died at the end of the first film. <laughs> the executive responded, go. you've got a resurrection machine. You figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel was, however, never made. <laughs> oh, they could have done something. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think he I don't think that producer saw the first one. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. There was a scene too I liked. They were in like a Chinese restaurant, which was like one of the patrons of these guys, and he had like a a machine in his chandelier of some sort. And he turned it on and all the Chinese food started waking up attacking. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was a good scene. That was good. Yeah. Like yeah, the there was big old thing of meat just like yeah. grabbed him. <laughs> just a cow was... walked out of the walking fridge. Yeah. That was crazy. There was some really cool effects. Yeah, definitely. That's what this had going for it. Some good practical effects and makeup and everything. Yeah. I think overall, like I would have preferred more of everything honestly like <laughs> like i i feel like this this film was like cool but it could have gone even further you know like and been yeah. even cooler like it's gone completely over the top like yeah, yeah. should they want that way yeah yeah like if trauma had made it they would have made it really gross and perverted and crazy but it would have been really <laughs> cheap too and it probably would have wouldn't have had as good effects so that's sort of the problem with that so so this, I, this probably had to sort of compromise, like they, they probably had a good enough budget to like afford some really sol- solid like visual effects, but like didn't have the money to have a big script perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they had to make do. So let's make a quick, you know, buddy cop movie and 
have it be like zombie buddy cop where they shoot and kill zombies and there's some you know reanimator type mayhem here and there you know but yeah i don't know it was cool though i enjoyed it yeah yeah, yeah. pretty funny yeah. i'd say i'd give it a three and a half <clears throat> mm. yeah that's probably around what i'd give it it's like three to three to three three and a half four or three to four probably about three yeah i'd give it a three myself <clears throat> when yeah. the doug was revived uh he said welcome to zombie land mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny <laughs> yeah he had the best delivery like yeah there was that there was the one joke too when they were fighting that big guy in the very beginning it's like that he was like what is this thing and he just responded very ugly <laughs> yeah. got a kick out of that dad joke <laughs> I didn't realize he was a Saturday Night Live cast member at one point. Oh. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, everyone, I didn't know until now. <laughs> every once in a while, somebody will bring him up, but it doesn't happen very often. You know, his his name is not echoed very much in in these these days. Joe Piscopo. He's somewhat of a forgotten legend i guess you kind of have to dust his name off a bit yeah. yeah maybe that's why this movie came out so that some some people some folks can rediscover the magic of of joe his, <laughs> i think he's kind of a magical guy i don't know i really enjoy him in this movie so. yeah 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 he's good in this yeah anything else about dead heat so yeah. cool. That just about covers it. Yep. I got nothing. All right. Well then shall we talk about your choice, Nick? Oh yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we my, go. My my choice was Voyage <laughs> of the Rock Aliens mm. from eighty four. Eighty four. Yeah. Yes. And I already know that you're not going to give this one a one because <laughs> there was indeed at least one one breast. <laughs> yeah, there's the one breast. Yeah. It's very brief. Yeah, but it counts. There. Counted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, this is a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, very basic plot, really. Um, with mm-hmm. a lot of musical numbers. Yeah. It's so, mostly just musical numbers, really. Yeah, so hard to really go in depth on, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> go over the highlights at least. Uh, it's about I don't know some aliens looking for rock. <laughs> yeah, that's literally yeah. The, all they were there for. Starts off on a ship shaped like a guitar with some robot doing searches for. Yeah, they search random at the beginning. There's just a little bit of clips of just random, like, I don't know, alien planets. It was like, nope, nope. And like, <laughs> they found Earth and it was like, why not? <laughs> like yeah. on the, the dashboard. And they why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, 
they examine it and they just see a bunch of people on the beach like <laughs> dancing around like it's beach blanket bingo like. <laughs> was that that because the first one was the one with Jermaine Jackson in it. She mm. didn't. <laughs> he did. That whole first bit didn't like matter at all to the entire no. story. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was gonna be like the main character after that first scene. Nope. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought they were establishing that this is Earth. But nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. And it was. I don't, it was like a like a biker gang that was all they had oh, was that actually i don't even remember they were just <laughs> i just watched it it was wasn't, just the, wasn't the main girl the chick with the cool sunglasses the weird ass sunglasses in the beginning yeah pia zadora she plays like the main character yeah and she she gets the most songs i think um <clears throat> including that that one that starts off with the people dancing in the bathroom, which I, I I, that, that took me off when I saw that. Like, I, I loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I love I love the song, I love that scene, but I didn't like I didn't like that was like one of those like oh no, like they uh-huh. went there type of thing. It made me laugh so much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, they would like start it off with just people's feet <laughs> underneath the stalls. <laughs> you can yeah. just do them like foot dancing. <laughs> it's just so fucking yeah. funny. And, but the but the difference though is with this time with this movie, you could actually see that their underwear were pulled all the way down to their <laughs> ankles, which meant yeah. that they were bare assed on the to- on the toilet dancing. <laughs> you know, yeah. they could have been like dropping turds in the in the water <laughs> while dancing. And, yep. They were. Like, they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just one of those things that I was just like, no, no, can't can't do it, you know. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no. So right. dumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um yeah. <clears throat> so they get to Earth, this rock group of aliens. Uh oh, and they were like in a stasis sleep too, which was cool. They were like action figures that just went through like oh, yeah. tubing <laughs> yeah that was and funny they come out and they're like yeah. real people yeah. they beam down in the telephone booth mm-hmm. yep yeah. that was their beaming device was a telephone booth like was yeah. this before Bill and Ted when I saw that oh good question I, ooh, maybe this ripped off Bill and Ted <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm trying to remember what year that came out but 80 sometime in the 80s sometime in like the late 80s I think. I don't know. so this was probably this, this was just before. before maybe this was 84 bad. yeah oh okay yeah then I think this was before Bill and Ted's excellent adventure shit did they steal that from this then uh, <laughs> oh, I think so oh <laughs> <laughs> <Little> bitch <laughs> Um, so yeah we're introduced to the crew too um they're all named like just the alphabet (laughs) like all their names are just like a b c d the main guy a b c d they called them absid so they like tried to phonetically name them even though they were just letters um Mm. and i read too that like i don't know there was some trouble with getting a 
fifth or they reduced the number of actual members in the band too so like the the letters got all messed up too at at some point oh yeah okay yeah there was like i don't know there was all sorts of stuff going i mean the film (laughs) mostly just showed the like the band like well all right when it cut back and forth between the aliens and stuff like that like there was just a lot of like hijinks and yeah yeah just them trying to figure out earth (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah which i guess part of it has to do with just the story but you know then a lot of it ended up being in service to like other elaborate music pieces yeah so there was the music piece they were on like lake erie i thought it said yeah um like shit like they're just all toxic can't go in there melting stuff (laughs) and there was a fucking tentacle popping out and everything yeah 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 there's some crazy silly goofy weird shit that happens with an octopus yeah Yeah. but during that we're introduced to the main characters lady dd um Mm -hmm. her boyfriend frankie Mm. who is kind of a he was a troublemaker the leader of some gang I don't remember yeah. the name of the gang, but he's got problems, but yeah. you know, still. He doesn't allow singing with I don't know, some some he had some clause of don't sing without me or do only with my yeah. permission or some dumb shit. He's yeah, the landlord he, on that all over. <laughs> um <clears throat> oh, and they turn so there's that uh the aliens they're going around they turn the the robot into a, a fire hydrant too to look less suspicious yeah that was um, funny oh there was this brief stupid scene where they steal people's clothes like they're on a bridge looking down at like some make out point thing too yeah and they just like snap their clothes off of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the next scene, it's completely dropped. They don't. They're back in their alien suits, like yeah, just like a one-off gag. <laughs> yeah, it was an excuse to say, see a naked breast, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Ruth Gordon plays the sheriff in this. Movie. Oh, the sheriff was the best too. I loved her. Yeah. And the thing that I loved about her was she was a total like raving jerk to every character in the movie except the aliens like <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like she sees them and she's like oh oh you you boys might want to go back that way where you'll be safe like implying that they're like that they look like vulnerable or something i don't yeah. know what she's doing, but like yeah anyway, it was she was funny though yeah there was so they eventually meet up to the aliens and the main character like the main alien like i don't know quote unquote loves the dd and he like explodes like cartoonishly yeah and they try to sneak him back onto the ship to fix him uh but the sheriff was there and they had like a little hijinks hiding around the sheriff investigating yeah. the the stupid little telephone booth thing <laughs> <laughs> Like a scene from Scooby Doo or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it all pretty um, much goes nowhere, really. Like, yeah. Um, but we get that. Yeah, but in that diner, there's a cool mm-hmm. little song, Justine. I like that one. Yeah, it's a nice song. Um, yeah, I, I, I think my favorite song in the movie was Nature of the Beast. <laughs> yeah, that one was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I did. I actually did save a few songs from this movie on my playlist. Like, nice, yeah, nice. So. There are some good songs, actually. To be honest, yeah. yeah, yeah. Honestly, I actually like. I mean, you know, I, I, I like this movie a lot. I gotta, I have to say, <laughs> like, I mean, it was definitely pretty stupid. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. The the songs kind of made them made it for me. Like, yeah, yeah. They were like real cheap, like retro '80s style type songs combined like we're all like 60s and 50s like beach movie nostalgia <laughs> yeah and so it was kind of like uh but i still enjoyed it for some <laughs> weird reason i don't know why <laughs> like, yeah 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 oh this is funny shit yeah yeah <laughs> um so okay they Well, they're the aliens are just generally expecting inspecting Earth, and then uh, they run into like one of them goes to a psych ward, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they he's trying to get in, but he can't. And all of a sudden, like somebody starts chainsawing. You just see mm. a chainsaw just <laughs> cut down yeah. a fence. <clears throat> yeah, and it's uh, what's his name? Michael Berryman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd recognize this, him. You know the name. My, <laughs> you know. This is probably my favorite part of the movie, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything with him in it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he escapes with some other, like he's in the psych ward, but like a chainsaw massacre guy, and he escapes yeah. with some other guy that's hooked up to like an oxygen machine of some sort. Yeah. And throughout the movie, they're causing trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. Um at one point like he's like um the girl like the one girl that he's chasing ends up having to stop and fix and because the <laughs> chainsaw start, stops and starts malfunctioning. So yep. she has to like show I love that <laughs> fix it because Yeah, <laughs> she was like a mechanic of some sort, like in the beginning yeah. they were showing off that she was fixing stuff um yeah they yeah like the aliens did some musical number and d invites them to i don't know some concert that's going on in in town Mm. and frankie he doesn't like it um i mean this is uh, skipping a lot but it's only skipping musical numbers really yeah Yeah, that's the thing like the plot's hard to slow down um Uh, oh, I loved also the with speaking. I'll you know, just go back on the sheriff. I don't remember when this happened, but it was like uh, somebody's like husband's murdered, and oh, yeah. she she calls up the widow, and she's like, "So are you the widow of I don't know this guy?" And then she's like, "What? No, my husband's still alive." And he's like, um, "Nope, the hell I am," and then just hangs up on her. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way she broke the news it's like oh i hate having to do this <laughs> the hell he is yeah, yeah it's the way that's she broke funny. the news that her husband's dead that's what i fell yeah. in my mother like, yeah. oh my god ruth gordon is the funniest like oh she was definitely like a like a american icon or, or whatever like she just yeah she's done some great work she was in Harold and Ma. She that's probably her most well known 
okay. performance. So, so she yeah, in, uh, she's in Rosemary's Baby too, right? Yes, and she was really scary in that one. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Jeez. It's so funny how she can play like somebody who's so likable in one movie and so somebody that you just don't want to be trapped in the same room with in another movie. Um Oh yeah, the chainsaw fight too was funny with him and I don't know who he was fighting, but they were kind of dancing to some music while they were fighting. Yeah, and it ended up like the chainsaw guy just shoved an electric toothbrush in his mouth to fight him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then they get into the dance hall. Because it was blocked off by the the Frankie's gang, but they go through somehow the 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 toilets. They just yeah break. They get through with the toilets. Uh, and here Dee Dee breaks up with Frankie to go with the main alien dude. Mm. Um, and there's a a rock battle. What do they call it? Battle of the bands kind of thing. Yeah, music musical number. Yeah. Um, which I I enjoyed. I thought the aliens were like I don't know techno-y type eighties pop, where the, I, the yeah the band... their music was cool. Yeah, yeah, and then the 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 gangs band was more rocky, and they it was the same song but like played differently. It was it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, the rock, rockabilly, what it's called, kind of like yeah, that. Mm-hmm. rockabilly versus like Devo style. Yeah, like it was cool. Like, or like yeah. Like rockabilly versus punk, punk Devo style, like music. It was cool. I I really enjoyed it a lot. It's, mm-hmm. I thought this okay. I'd say the music in this was better than it was in Streets of Fire. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I like this one. Like I hate musicals mostly, but this one was this one had some bangers in it. Yeah. Um. So they. The alien takes Dee Dee up to the after like all the musical number go down and she breaks up with Frankie and um he takes her up to the ship to show him around and stuff but mm. she kind of after he's like lays out his plan that oh yeah we have to go back to my planet and do a surgery on you to make you get rid of all your emotions she's like oh, i don't want that no i like having i like loving people and stuff so she goes back down and gets back with frankie who at this point has a change of heart he disbands his uh his gang um because he's all he's all mopey and stuff and the gang yeah. finds by the way well i don't know while stuff is going down the gang finds a teleporter and trashes the ship too and mm. there's that little bit um let's see i don't know if much happens besides all the music um yeah i mean eventually she gets she gets back together with her her partner she gets back together with him yeah (laughs) there's a funny line where like uh the alien asked d what she wants to be and she's like oh i I wanted to be either a nun or a bomber pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, yeah. Her boyfriend seemed, I mean, in the end, he seemed likable. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 
and there's there's another and she, she was asking about the operation so like when do we you know have sex and then the guy the alien says oh almost every day yeah almost tuesday almost wednesday almost thursday <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wasn't there also some sort of thing that he had on like when he first got to Earth, like to try and make him irresistible? But then he ended up drawing the same sex. Yeah, it was supposed to be like some female attractor device thing, but it it malfunctioned and made all the dudes like him and jump on him and shit. (laughs) Yeah. And they ended up breaking it. Yeah. Yeah. Like then when they were walking away, like they were like, oh, that was interesting. (laughs) Yeah. 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 This movie was pretty self-aware too. I mean, there was one point where like her friend mentioned, "Okay, are you done singing now?" <laughs> and, like oh, yeah, I think it may have funny. been, yeah, it may have been that bathroom song one or something. Yeah, they did that in a a couple times in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, but that was the one that I thought was in like was particularly funny, and and I think it was after that bathroom song. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and actually, that bathroom song might have been the best song in the movie. So, that's the thing that pisses me off about it. Is that why does that song have to be a song in the bathroom? Oh, it was great. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. Anything? No, uh, that's about it, really. Um, yeah, the sheriff. They make a. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that was. They had a pavement thing, like one of those pavement rollers that they attached a bazooka to the front of. Yeah. And they rolled over two dudes. It was like Looney Tunes style. They came out the other end flat. Yeah, they did that stupid thing where the person gets run over and comes out as flat like paper on the other end. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's about it. I mean the the aliens go back to their ship and I don't know, go home. Everyone lives happily yeah. ever after. Yeah. And that's Voyage of the Rock Aliens. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it's hard to. There's no plot. It is literally yeah. just some aliens coming down to rock out. <laughs> yeah. Lots of lots of musical numbers and yeah, that, that'd be the highlight of it if you want to. Yeah. If you like yeah. musicals and shit, like I don't like musicals, but I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, the, the the music was banging. It was real good. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was pretty creative, colorful, you know, goofy. I could see some people kind of getting sort of uh, burnt out by all the music. Um, I can sort of see. Oh, I kind of got burnt out a little bit. Yeah, like I don't like musicals either. The music was good. I don't know. Still didn't. It was still music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would actually say, yeah. If there was one complaint I had about this movie, there would there's, there's probably one too many musical numbers. Like, yeah, I could have cut that one from the beginning out. It had nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to get Jermaine Jackson in it. Man. <laughs> yeah. I want to say was- like there were even more musical numbers that were just cut out. Oh wow yeah so they were gonna really go like full xanadu with this one like musical epic (laughs) yeah pretty much all right dang well maybe we'll get the director's cut dvd or whatever like or the extended musical epic voyage 
okay there i mean at least looking quickly through um there was a very dangerous a song that was just called very dangerous that was referenced to in the dialogue but didn't make the final cut so there's definitely some move and i just remember them hearing hearing about them cutting a a bunch of songs actually okay um yeah i believe it yeah yeah one funny bit was um there was that so the chainsaw scene where they were cutting that um that, that in the, the the very first one where they were cutting the the fence Berryman didn't feel comfortable doing with it because he felt like it was too dangerous <laughs> and then so he they had like a crew member do it but then Berryman noticed that the so when you do so when you make you know like chainsaw uh when you're using a real chainsaw you invert the uh the chain so it doesn't actually hurt anyone but he noticed it was put on correctly so it would have actually done some damage if Ooh. anyone fucked with it and messed Yeesh. around with it so he's the one that caught it and they they reversed it and everything and made it safe and whatnot but Ugh. yeah they almost fucked up there yeah that could have been bad gee yeah, yeah. but yeah no no it's about it for that i'd give this a good three and a half yeah, I think I'd I'd give it maybe like a three. I don't know. Maybe on a good day I'd give it like a four, actually. Yeah, I even me. I, I think I, I would too, even. Yeah, like I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. It was really dumb, but I mean, Yeah, it was super dumb. Yeah, but uh it sustained my interest. Yeah, I, I could I don't know. I liked it a lot personally. And, yeah. I think I gave it like a two, two and a half. Yeah. Like if it wasn't a musical, I probably would have loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the but like the Michael Berryman stuff was pretty cool. Oh uh, like, yeah. Like, oh, and he even saved the day at the end too. Because oh, the fucking tentacle thing. Yeah. It kept popping up throughout the movie. There was just a tentacle in the background randomly, <laughs> which I yeah. just thought was funny until and then like at the very end. The tentacle like just wrapped around the entire school. <laughs> yeah. And they he chainsaw just like the tip of one of the tentacles and like bubbles splat it spurted out. <laughs> that was so stupid. They were like literally just like the smallest tip too. It wasn't yeah. even, like hardly anything. And that was enough to conquer it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like kind of because at the end he he there was like i don't know an end bit where it was just like the tentacle was holding a briefcase that said uh, like Loch Ness or bust you know that yeah. Bust thing. Like, yeah so yeah. just made him go away at least and i yeah, and i also read in that trivia bit that there was they initially planned to have blood splurt out of the uh the tentacle but for the light-hearted nature that the movie was they fig- they they decided on bubbles to spurt out instead <laughs> Yeah, this movie was really lighthearted. This might be the most lighthearted movie we've done on this show. Like, like this might be even more lighthearted than Suburban Commando. Um, like, <laughs> if there's any movie that gets a G in my book, it's this one. I mean, what honestly, what kid is going to be afraid of an octopus that blows bubbles? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there wasn't much to be scared yeah. of in this one yeah yeah maybe a pg because of the nudity but like that's it oh right yeah, yeah. The chainsaw like the Berryman yeah. chainsaw stuff could yeah. be kind of creepy yeah. but it was still harmless yeah i mean unless still you're harmless. a kid who's seen weird science 
before, then you're probably okay. But if you haven't seen Weird Science, then yeah, that probably would be pretty scary, actually. I don't know. That's it for (laughs) Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Four stars for me. I'll give it four. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think, you know, why not? I think I will give it four as well. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah, it's definitely something I could rewatch many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too, I think. Especially with other people. So. Yeah, yeah. Zach, you're still sticking with your two? Yeah, for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Even yeah. if you rewatches, it'll you'll come yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, that, like that would definitely be something that would make the rating go up watching with people i think yeah. i think that could be said about most anything we've watched oh. on the show but oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no next time you get a chance invite some buddies you know like get get some beers or, or whatever the heck and yeah watch Ro- voyage of the rock alien and see how it goes you know maybe yeah. maybe you'll come around so. like i could see this doing like the rocky horror picture show kind of shit yeah i probably i like this more than that to be honest <laughs> Yeah, I think I do too. Actually, I'm not a big fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show, so yeah, I like this I like one a music. bit more. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the music, music was... Rocky Horror. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Um the the mu- the music in Rocky Horror I really really enjoy. I Rocky Horror it's a movie that I like. I enjoy to to a certain extent, but I kind of get tired of it. You know, this movie I I didn't get too tired of. Um, yeah, I like I, the aesthetic I, yeah. and setting of this way more than Rocky Horror. Yeah, it felt like an old school, like 50s, 60s movie, you know? It had that same feel. I don't know. Yeah, like the Grease with of... Aliens. <laughs> yeah, although I, I, this was better than Grease, in my opinion. I really didn't like Grease very much. I actually like Grease 2 more than Grease. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like that kind of Grease fan. So, there nice. you go. Yeah. Controversial take. Hot take. All right. Um, so before I go on to my choice, um, just out of curiosity, why, uh, what compelled you to choose that, that film? Oh, um, I just, I saw it on another or listened to another podcast, did it and they gave rave reviews and <laughs> yeah. Yes. They cool. said it was like their bet, like you know, how did this get made? Yeah, like Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis. Nice. Um, they did it. They loved it. They were like, they were, like I've never heard them uh, like gush over a movie like that. And they said that <laughs> they're even they're thinking of doing it yearly and yeah. doing like screenings of it and shit like that. So that's cool. They fucking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the film that I chose to talk about was Night of the Demon from 1980, I think. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I chose it because it's on the video nasties list. And I don't know. I kind of was curious to check out some of the films on that list. Like that, this was one I hadn't seen. And, and it's a Bigfoot movie. And I just, I don't know. In my experience, a lot of Bigfoot movies haven't really been all that nasty so i wanted to see what was so nasty about this one um so yeah that was my reasoning behind choosing 
Um, so I didn't really quite know what I was getting into with, when I chose this one. Um, but uh, all right, so I guess I guess to describe the plot, um, it's pretty much just about like this group of students, I guess. It seemed like they were like anthropology students, perhaps, or some kind of in that field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going over some found footage of like this family that of some people like a like a mom and daughter who were seen like this they like they were last seen in this video footage and had disappeared of them what appear like appearing to see like a bigfoot and i think their husband was there too filming so i think he died he disappeared along with them um and then like there's also like i think somebody else who disappears as well there's basically a series there's been like a series of disappearances that have occurred in this area um and the daughter of one of the people that has gone missing is kind of what spurs this circle of students to kind of go to this region and sort of check out i guess mm -hmm. the area and do interviews and just see and explore what happens basically they can't just i guess one could say it's an excuse to camp out for a couple of days but it seems like they're taking it pretty seriously so but um <clears throat> let's see uh throughout the course of the film um a lot of people die uh i didn't really know who any of them were <laughs> Yeah, a lot of flashbacks. Just, yeah, it was yeah. just story, like, well, this whole movie is technically a flashback too. It starts out in like some guy in a bed, oh, telling yeah. the story. Yeah, you're right. And then so throughout the movie, most of the kills were him, like somebody saying, "Oh yeah, there was a story of this," blah blah blah, and then it, then it would yeah. show like a <laughs> recreation of it. <laughs> yeah. And it felt really jarring too. Like the characters would be talking and stuff, and then suddenly they would all just be quiet. And a character would be like, "Well, you know, it was this one time a few years ago." And, and like then it would like do the flashback thing, and it would and it did that a lot. Yeah. And it kind of gave me the impression that those scenes were shot like separately from the rest of the movie. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. All right, just so we're I, clear. And I assume they just wanted more kills without having to kill off their main characters until the end. Yeah, yeah exactly. They wanted to save save it for the end, you know. But um, the kills throughout this movie, though, are pretty, pretty gnarly, actually. Um, most of them are pretty disgusting, in fact. Like, um, the first one was... was an interesting way to kind of open a movie like it begins with like a farmer literally getting like his arm ripped like ripped not only like out of his socket but like torn <laughs> and then like the blood like pools down into the, into the mud and then the title like pulls out which that must have been a pretty controversial way to show a title for a movie in the, yeah, in the, it poured, in the early it, 80s like, the, the blood poured out into um, a Bigfoot imprint <laughs> yeah i've never seen that before that was yeah. messed up i was like okay cool um you know and then um there was one particular scene that i was i that i even i was quite shocked by uh that 
I think you guys could probably guess which scene it was um, where the guy like stops to go take a leak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that had to be one of the worst dick ripping scenes I've seen. It wasn't as it wasn't as nasty as the one in Cannibal Ferox, but ooh, that one or as quite as bad as the I spit on your grave. But it was that was still pretty like that. I cringed. Uh huh. Like, oh yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> that was shocking. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't expect that. Um, it was one of those flashback ones. She was like, oh, yeah, yeah. some motorcycle guy died here. <laughs> flashback motorcycle guy gets his dick ripped off. <laughs> yeah, it was a very vivid flashback. Yeah. There's a Severin who released a Blu-ray. They put out a figure of Bigfoot holding a dick to go along with the Blu-ray release. <laughs> oh, no. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I wish I had that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um let's see. There's yeah, but there were some other ones that were pretty gnarly too. Like there was the one where he he cornered he captured those two Girl Scouts and they had knives and he <laughs> that one made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Like he like took these two girls and rammed them together and basically <laughs> made them stab each other to death. <laughs> yeah. He was like, doing the like why are you hitting yourself thing with yeah, girls. Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, this Bigfoot, by the way, is he's a nasty fe- like he can use weapons. Like yeah. he is a nasty slasher. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smart yeah. too, apparently. <laughs> yep. He axes one guy in the head. He does all kinds of stuff. He, he gets rid of their weapons. boat too at one point. Like when they're searching, he gets rid of their yeah. boat. Yeah, I don't know how he does that, but somehow he got rid of their boat. He like rips one guy's throat out. He slashes another guy's back. Oh, he fucks all kinds of people up. In uh, this sleeping movie. bag kill. That one was oh. hilarious. I was <laughs> yeah. confused with that one too. Who was that? Was that no another idea. flashback? I have no I idea believe. who that was. Because I don't remember them setting up the flashback at all. I just remember seeing Bigfoot whipping a guy around like a helicopter and then chucking him into a tree. Yeah. He was just some random guy. Like, and there were several scenes of just random people dying that weren't flashbacks. Like mm-hmm. that guy in the tent who got his throat ripped out, that wasn't a flashback. And then yeah, I think I was confused with that because I thought it was like maybe a dream because it looked like the, the professor guy. I thought I was like, oh, they're killing the professor guy now? Or no. Yeah. He, he was I, I, alive and well next scene. <laughs> yeah. I, and I know that there was another scene that wasn't a flashback that was really gory. But I, I just for some reason I'm not remembering what it was. Um, I mean that yeah, a lot all the this movie like pretty much everybody dies except for the guy who narrates the whole thing. Uh, it's very Lucio Fulci. Like it, the whole film is mostly kind of dependent on the gore effects. But there are some really interesting story ideas, in my opinion, that like are kind of scattered throughout that I like. So, okay, so they go to this this area and they're kind of sleeping sort of on this, like not in this guy's, on this guy's property, but kind of near it, like enough for him to get agitated. I um, thought it was like right next door, like in yeah. his yard. I, was like, I wrote I that down. I was like, why are they camping in his yard? Is yeah. it like, how are they, yeah, how is he even okay with that? Yeah, were they in his yard or? <laughs> it looked close enough, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because at night, like, I couldn't really tell. So I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, at night it looked different, but the day shots it was like 
two feet yeah. from his, his yeah. house. Yeah. Eventually, they kind of make good with him, though. Like, because like the one guy goes in and has a drink with him, and but he notices that he gets really agitated when the subject of Bigfoot comes up, and yeah, like you could tell there's some there's some history there, and then yeah. there's like this whole subplot involving a cult in the like a Bigfoot cult in the woods that's worshiping Bigfoot, and they're like these men are having sex with this woman who you later find out. Okay, so these were the parts of the movie that I thought were interesting, where the actual plot parts, like, so you find out kind of throughout, like, gradually throughout the course of the movie that she, she, so she has, like, one of those crazy, like, religious type fathers who, like, ended up basically, like, uh, you know, she was doing, she was basically just being a harmless, like, adolescent girl that you know you expect them to be kind of flirting with guys or whatever she was doing and her father got pissed off and kicks her out and unfortunately she ends up getting ravaged by Bigfoot and her dad finds finds them and I think he I think he like shoots at Bigfoot or something and then oh yeah yeah he he shoots her shoots yeah and then, then it go, goes in a really sad direction where he ends up basically make, making her carry the baby to full ter- term and then like it's like deformed and then he ends up killing it and burying it burying it in the woods or something like that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, and she's of course traumatized by the whole incident and is like, and th- which has to do with her like basically like giving her, her body to this Bigfoot cult and but of course, they start trouble, you know, with this cult by setting fire to their totem, um, which, of course, that doesn't really go anywhere. But no, uh, it ends yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I was, which I was surprised by. It's like, okay, are, so you're gonna not only have to deal with Bo- Bigfoot, but you're gonna also have to deal with crazy cultists. Like, hell yeah, I'm up for the ride for this one. But mm-hmm. then it didn't happen. No, nope. like, yeah. I, I wanted just... to see more cult stuff. Yeah, yeah. what was going on there? Yeah, for <laughs> real. You know, but no, you just stick with Bigfoot, which ends up being enough, really, I guess, because Bigfoot fucks everybody up in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But what? I, what? Okay, but I'll tell you what I loved about this movie, though was in the end i still really honestly felt the most sympathy for the bigfoot character um just that one shot where he's like in the woods looking at his dead baby like made me care about him more than mm-hmm. pretty much everybody like yeah i don't know what it was about that whole, that scene that it really hit me in a weird way and i just i appreciated that i didn't mm-hmm. expect the film to go for those depths and somehow I managed to find the time to do that. Um, yeah, and he was giving—he yeah. was giving gifts to the girl too, like yeah, being all nice to the girl and everything. Yeah, exactly. Like even though he ravaged her, um, you could tell it was still there was still sort of like an almost King Kong type of element to it, you know. Which I don't know. They, they mentioned that in this, right, in the movie King Kong. Yeah, someone, someone else as well. Yeah, I think they said. Faye Ray, yeah, whatever her name is in King Kong. Like they do they do say something like that in this, yeah. Um and like the creature from the Black Lagoon and and stuff. I mean it's just because like the whole interspecies, like it's sort of an un- an unusual like subject for a horror movie. And now of course it's sort of mainstream thanks to like Shape of Water, 
but um, you know, too. back what? Books too. Yeah. Your species erotica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> books too. Yeah. Um, but at the time of this movie, though, to have it actually sort of to been be taken seriously, like I don't know, it just kind of surprised me. You know, so. And then the ending, it kind of just turns into an all-out slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. You got one guy getting disemboweled. One girl gets her neck cut. Another, actually, a couple guy. A couple. There's like a few characters that get their neck cut. One guy gets his neck split open, like on the window, like on a broken window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other guy gets like his face burnt off, which it burnt a lot more it burnt like everything but when you see him in the in the present time with the bandage on his face his the top of his head looks unburnt which mm. I, I felt a little a little frustrated with because yeah. like, it, it, it wouldn't have bothered me so much if they hadn't shown the close-up and then faded to present day um because like when you see him in in close-up his face is all chunky and gnarly and bigfoot is holding on to it and it's like oh this guy is doomed and yeah. he basically looks like he has no face but then you jump ahead and he just looks like a normal guy with a band-aid on. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess he did all right. Like somehow they managed to restore his face somehow. Like Surgery I don't know what they success. did. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, I actually really liked the movie quite a bit, but it was uh it was I mean, it was on the cheap side. There were some schlocky elements. Um yeah, acting I, wasn't too great. The yeah. acting was real bad. Yeah, the <laughs> acting was pretty wretched. Um, I almost kind of feel like the gore scenes kind of took away a little bit. Um, like, I feel like maybe if they hadn't been sprinkled throughout, they would have been more effective. Like, if they had just saved it all for the end. Yeah. Or if it wasn't know. flashbacks, but like more like a, of a slasher, like going through the main group of people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, because, like, I don't know, every once in a while somebody will get murdered in the present time, but you won't even know who it is or where they even are or how close they are to the villain the, or the main characters. Yeah, there was just it's that a, one kid that disappeared eventually. Yeah. And then they find him, they're like Bigfoot, like strung him up in front of the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was intense. That's I the mean, only it, main character we see, like, that gets actually killed until the end. But he just yeah. disappears either anyway. Exactly. You know? was, there, um, was there a kill of a pitchfork? Or am I thinking of something else? Yep. Yes, yep. yeah. Yep, in the, sure in the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. A girl gets pitchforked by Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. You know. The death scenes at the end were funny as hell. You know? like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They were, was, a lot of them were in slow motion. You know? Yeah, that like that that fight in the end was like I think they were even just acting in slow motion as well. Like, yeah, it felt like it. Like I kind of got flashbacks to um, that one movie we watched on this show, the uh, Galaxy Invader or whatever, where yeah. there's that one shot at the end where the girl's holding the shotgun and she goes, "Oh," and you could tell like it's not slowed down at all. She's just moving really slowly. <laughs> Yeah, I got flashed back to that movie a little bit. Um, 
although I like this one more. I, I don't know. I actually quite like this one a lot. Um, oh, and, it, and the, the Bigfoot used the intestines, too, as a weapon. He was just whipping them around at people. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. He was, like, using the intestines as nunchucks, almost. Like, <laughs> yeah. he was, like, yeah. No, this, great, this, this Bigfoot doesn't take any shit. Like, I, I, this, you know, that little Bigfoot movie, like, ain't got nothing on this one. <laughs> It ain't got nothing on this one, you know? uh, except except for one thing I will say that that movie had this movie didn't have was that that movie had superior logging footage. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, one hundred percent. But otherwise, uh, I love this movie. I'd give it probably about a three, three out of five, maybe a four. Um, yeah. That's my opinion. So now you're welcome to share your thoughts and tear it apart, you know, however you feel. I gave it a two. I was expecting a little more from it because a lot of people with the release of the Blu-ray were like, oh, this is amazing. So I was like, okay, but didn't quite live up to it. I think think I'd enjoy it a lot more on a rewatch, but for now... I'll give it a two. Yeah. It's definitely like on the cheesy side for sure. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'd give it like a two and a half, I think. Um, cool. Yeah. Some of the, like that, the axe death was pretty dumb, but they lingered on that one because it was just a guy that got chopped like right here and they like just zoomed yeah. in on his cut that didn't even look that bad and yeah. stayed on it for like a half a minute. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of them, I think. They yeah, just, like, they stayed on the blood for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you can yeah, cut now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, the gore was way excessive. Like, and there were a lot of close-ups of, uh, of it. And, like, and when he's, like, ripping the guts out and stuff, it's it really does, like, like linger on it, like, for, like, long periods of time we were. You can sort of see why a movie like this might be considered, like, corrupting to minors, I would, I, I, I suppose, like, in Europe during the video nasties, like, I can sort of picture, like, a parent walking into their kid's room and seeing them watching this and seeing, like, the scenes of, like, the girl getting her guts ripped out and, like, all these other things and them going, like, like, what is this like is this even horror at this point like this is just like you may as well be watching like an autopsy you know um but i i don't know i i liked all the bigfoot stuff so Mm, yeah yeah so i have i'm conflicted too like i one of my movies that i'd want to make is a bigfoot horror movie and this Mm. took a surprise i mean this didn't take because i and i've never seen this but it has a lot of similarities to plot points i would have which oh. is hilarious oh man well this is your chance it's, to make it better yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of strikingly similar things that i made up but i, I think it might also be just bigfoot lores and stuff as well yeah. but like yeah it's like oh man because <laughs> one of like one of the main hooks of mine is also like uh, it's not professors, but uh, students going out and looking for Bigfoot in a documentary style type thing. But okay, and then, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of similar threads. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I, I, you know, I think you can make a better, a better Bigfoot movie than this. Honestly, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like this was this was good for the eighties. 
but if it were made today, like, hmm, I don't know. This could use a remake. I'll just put it that way. You know, <laughs> I don't say that about a lot of movies. This one, hmm, I might say that about. You know, there are things yeah. that could have been done better. So. Oh yeah, that's for yeah. sure. If it was made in the nineties, it'd definitely be shot on video. Oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so, I like the the perfect Bigfoot movie has yet to be made. You know. Um, there have been films that have come close. I'd say this one is, in my view, one of the better ones I've seen. Um, but yeah, I, as far as Bigfoot movies, yeah, there haven't been too many that have really surpassed even like mainstream like appeal other than maybe the legend of boggy creek which isn't really a Bigfoot movie anyway like that's more inspired by Bigfoot than Bigfoot so we count harry and the hendersons on that oh harry and the hendersons mm-hmm. is in a class all its own like, <laughs> <laughs> are we just talking horror bigfoot oh yeah um i guess harry and the hendersons counts honestly now that i think about it like even though that is a family comedy type thing but at least that's something you know but yeah i don't know like i can't think of very many movies like mainstream bigfoot movie if any like what i don't know that's probably it the only that's one, the only one, one I, yeah. like they're like kids movies like that are about bigfoot and i don't know i think there might have been like a goosebumps novel <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> anyway i don't know all i'm saying is make make that perfect bigfoot movie or at least write it you know all right i'm on it <laughs> yeah all right but uh yeah, Night of the Demon. Speaking of Bigfoot movies, if you're looking for the perfect one, this one, this one, uh, it it ain't it, but it's got its own sort of charms and it's got some special qualities to it that I think make it worth watching. All right, yeah, yeah. all right, and I guess that concludes our episode. So, so is this where we say goodbye? Yeah, we can mention. Uh, next time we're going to do a random picks. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. So you'll have to wait till the next episode to find out. Yeah, we, we're not going to tell you our picks this time. Ha. Uh, sorry, if you were expecting <laughs> to find that out. You know, you ain't getting that info from us. We're going to we're gonna be uh, doing that ourselves in private. So, so keep away. <laughs> It'll be a surprise. Yes, it'll be a surprise. So, so, yes, until next time, have a good night. Have a good one. See ya.